Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, December 28th, 2020, and I hope you had a fantastic holiday as I did. A, a nice little recharge of the system. Uh, nice that uh, Christmas and New Year's is on a Friday this year. So, uh, although you know we all need a, a little break, it's it's nice to have a little extra break. But it is uh, it's a good way to uh, recharge and, and get ready for 2021. And so there was a ton of news since we last spoke on Wednesday morning. And we'll get into the biggest story of this little hiatus that I've had. And that is the fact that Iowa got back onto the field in preparation for the Music City Bowl. They were getting ready. Everything was going. And then yesterday happened. The Music City Bowl has been canceled. This is the first bowl game, to my knowledge, and I've been tracking pretty much all of them. The Big Ten gets going on Wednesday. This is the first one that has been outright canceled prior. Obviously, games before bowl season were canceled, but this one is the first one that they've had two combatants, and then they've canceled the game. And this was not due to Iowa's outbreak, actually. This was to their opponent's outbreak. This was Missouri's issue with the virus. And uh, again, this is this is something that uh, you, you kind of expected to see. Although, in a bowl season, you almost didn't because of there's a lot of money on the line. And uh, it's unfortunate for both parties. The Iowa season gets cut short. I think Iowa in my estimation, probably would have won that game. Uh, What they had done towards the end of the year really was impressive, but unfortunately for them, their last two games, championship week against Michigan, and now the Music City Bowl were both canceled. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. They got more bad news over the weekend as well as two wide receivers, Amir Smith, Marset, and Brandon Smith, both declared for the NFL draft. Uh, I really am very high on Amir Smith-Marset. I think he could be a big-time player in the NFL. I'm not sure if he'll have a huge impact in the receiving game, but I know somewhere where he'll have a massive impact, and that is on the return game. The young man is one of the best returners in the country. Although he didn't win the Returner of the Year Award, Special Teams Player of the Year Award, Uh, For the Big Ten, uh, that went to Aaron Cruikshank of Rutgers. Amir Smith-Marset has shown over the course of his Iowa career that he can do it, that he is an elite returner. And so these are two big losses for the Hawkeyes. However, there was some good news coming out of Iowa City. Not a ton of it, but this one... And this one, to me, is a little, you know, it's a little precarious because of the fact that it's Kirk Ferentz. Everything that happened this year with the lawsuit, uh, with multiple players over 50 coming out and saying that, you know, him along with Chris Doyle, Brian Ferentz, uh, they've established a culture that doesn't enable black American players to be comfortable and be themselves. Well... He's coming back. 23 years. 
23 years. This will be this was his 22nd. This coming will be his 23rd. And you know, it looks like Kirk Ferentz is here to stay as long as Iowa wants him. That is uh, is what it is, and we'll see Kirk Ferentz roaming the sidelines for the Hawkeyes once again next year in 2021. There's a lot of player movement going on since we last spoke. A lot of it. And let's get into it. Penn State saw two, well, I'm sorry, two big-time players leave. Different reasons, and a third obviously left as well. All on the defensive side. We all know Michael Parsons opted out of the season. He's not going to be around anymore because he is preparing for the NFL draft. Well, defensive end Jason Owe, he also is declaring for the NFL draft. Huge losses on the defensive side for Penn State. Because not only is Owe leaving and Parsons going, but two defensive tackles in Antonio Shelton and Judge Culpepper they're transferring out of the program. This is, uh, again, something that I don't think that Penn State thought was going to happen. James Franklin has recruited at a high level. But what showed this year, more than other years, is the fact that they need a couple of years with their recruits to get them ready to play high-level football. You know, they they occasionally get a guy like a Brandon Smith who's able to come on, their linebacker, their freshman, who's able to come on and really play well at a high level. But the majority of the recruits that Franklin gets, they need a year, two years in the system to get them ready to play at a high level. And with a mass exodus, it's going to be tough for Penn State to bounce back. I think they have the talent to do it. I think in a regular season, which should be back to normal next year, although I have no idea what the hell is going to happen with the spring. But I do believe that when we get back to college football in 2021, in August of next year, I think it'll be back to normal. I think it will, but that's looking pretty far ahead. And unfortunately for Penn State, they're losing some quality players and big-time contributors to their defense. And we all know Journey Brown, uh, you know, guys like him, they've unfortunately, you know, injuries. And that's it. That's, uh, you know, he had to move on. So, that's Penn State news. Over at Illinois, they got really good news. Two of their offensive linemen, Doug Kramer and Vidrian Lowe, they are returning for their final years. Remember, again, this year does not count towards a year of NCAA eligibility. Everyone gets a free pass. So if you're a senior, you can come back as a senior. If you're a junior, you come back as a junior. You still have the option, as we all see with Jason Owe, Amir Smith-Marset, Brandon Smith, to move on to the NFL. But the NCAA has given you a free year. And I think that, you know, when you look at what's going on with the Illini, 
I think that they're very interested in playing for Brett Bielma. Because of the history that he has with offensive linemen, it makes sense for Kramer and Lowe to return. He has a history of putting a ton of elite offensive linemen, specifically from Wisconsin, into the NFL and having them perform at a high level in the NFL as well. Why not come back and learn from a guy who knows how to get guys in the NFL? I do think Doug Kramer would have been a, 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 an NFL draft pick. I'm not sure about Lowe. I believe Kramer probably would have went in the fourth, fifth, sixth round somewhere in that area. But getting to learn from a guy like Bielma, who knows how to get offensive linemen in the NFL for one year, and only it's only going to be one year for both of them. I think it's still a year where they could learn and grow and become better players. So that's very interesting. We'll continue to monitor what's going on in Illinois and seeing if more players ultimately end up in the transfer portal or declaring for the NFL draft, because that's what you see a lot of times with coaching changes. And especially this year, again, when you go back to the fact that these players are going to have the opportunity to come back with a mulligan year. So uh, we'll continue to monitor what's going on over there. Uh, Maryland, multiple players continue to enter the transfer portal over there for Mike Loxley. Remember, Mike Loxley, he has not done the best job of racking up wins at Maryland. But what he has done very impressively is recruit. The wins are coming. They are on their way. As Loxley continues to recruit at a high level, he's going to see a lot of what happened since last week, last time we talked. Seeing multiple players enter the transfer portal. Four since last Wednesday. Linebacker Yende Eli, quarterback Lance Legendry, offensive lineman Marcus Miner, and another offensive lineman Johnny Jordan have entered the portal. No surprise there. Again, I will continue to say this. They are recruiting at a higher level than they have been in the past. And so, therefore, you're going to see a lot more names end up in the portal. It is what it is. Over at Michigan State, they got some good news. As former Duke defensive end Drew Jordan, a transfer, is going to enroll with the Spartans, along with defensive end Drew Beasley. He's going to return. Because, remember, Jacob Penasuic, he decided that he was going to be off to the NFL after flip-flopping whether he was going to play during this pandemic season or not, initially opted out, then returned, got enough film out there, now he's off to the NFL. However, they did receive some bad news, Mel Tucker did, and that is long slapper Jude Pedroza. He's going to enter the transfer portal. And with their quarterback, Rocky Lombardi, moving on, found a new home. And that is at Northern Illinois. So he's going to get an opportunity to play over there. Michigan gets a Colorado offensive tackle for their 22 class in Connor Jones, a big dude, 6'7", 285 pounds. But a questionable offer list. Uh, Indiana Northwestern. Now, remember, Indiana Northwestern were two of the best teams in the Big Ten this year. But 
let's be real here. Michigan shouldn't be recruiting against Indiana and Northwestern. Indiana and Northwestern are both teams that don't recruit at a high level. And they're more player development. Michigan should be both. Recruit at a high level and player development. And especially with Don Brown gone, there's a hole there. They still haven't found his replacement. But this is interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I love the size, though, of Jones. Let's be real here. At 6'7", 285 pounds, the kid is massive. But, again, at, at this juncture of 22, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, I'd rather hold off on a Jones commitment and go after some more high-level guys. That's just me, though. That, And I think that, you know, ultimately, uh, I think Michigan's going to have to rethink their recruiting because they've, they've, they've had some guys that are misses recently. They need to do a better job. Uh, there was a player that will move on from the Wolverines, and that's running back Chris Evans. If you remember last year, Evans got suspended for the season, didn't play, said he was going to come back. Came back this year in a rough year and and played decent. Uh, But that was his idea of probably just getting enough tape out there so the NFL teams could see him and move on to the next level. That's exactly what he did. Minnesota got two transfers. uh, One from North Carolina State, and that's defensive tackle Val Martin. uh, Kind of a bit player for uh, the Wolfpack. And then also Texas A&M wide receiver Dylan Wright, also another kind of bit player. Uh, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. Ohio State sees one of their big-time wide receivers enter the transfer portal in Mookie Cooper. Uh, Cooper was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school last year. I believe it was out of Missouri. Uh, Cooper was recruited by a bunch of other Big Ten programs, and you know, with what Ohio State has done recruiting, especially at that wide receiver position, Brian Hartline is one of the best in the country, and he's going to continue to do it. And, and you're going to watch his name uh, jump up through the coaching ranks very, very soon. Very soon. He's very highly thought of. He does a fantastic job. He's a former Buckeye. He's a former NFL player. And Hartline didn't light up the NFL, but he was very solid player. About an eight-year career there. And Hartline has recruited like none other. In the 20, 21, and 22 class. Although 22 hasn't signed yet, obviously. Hartline has recruited the number one wide receiver in the country in each of those years. That's damn impressive. And so... When you're bringing in that kind of talent and you can't crack the starting lineup or even the rotation like Cooper was unable to do this year, it's not a good sign for you. And I understand why he leaves and moves on into the transfer portal. Uh, Rutgers wide receiver Stanley King also enters the transfer portal. And they see their offensive tackle, uh, David Nowagwu. Enter the portal as well. Nagulwu was a, a guy that played a lot as well for Rutgers. And so that one's a little bit more interesting than that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It is what it is. Uh, Wisconsin had a, a, a odd mass exodus. 
uh, because their social media crew came out and, uh, you know, and spoke and, and like had this weird thing going on with, with a bunch of their players that said like what their, what their plans were for the future. And, and there weren't like, you know, usually players like declare either on Twitter or, you know, via some social media, maybe Instagram, but this was odd, uh, you know, and, and so you kind of had to read through all of their little bios to figure out who was going and who was staying. And these are the players that I found out that it seemed like they are off to the next level. Defensive back Caesar Williams, who's a damn good corner. Uh, offensive lineman Cole Van Lanen. A wide receiver A.J. Taylor and Adam Crumholz. Their fullback Mason Stokey. A defensive lineman Garrett Rand. And Isaiah Loudermilk. I am a big fan of both of those players. I think they are great players and should have long, productive careers in the NFL. Now, I don't think they're going to be stars, but I think they're going to be big-time contributors for five, eight, ten years in the NFL. Safety Eric Burrell. They're losing a lot. But remember, this was a year where everyone got the free year, and so they could come back. So who knows? But Working through that list that Wisconsin released, those are players that made it seem like they will be off to the next level. Now, I don't think these are firm decisions, but it's just interesting to see. Northwestern, they're losing their running back, Drake Anderson. And that makes two, into the transfer portal, that makes two Wildcats that have running backs that have entered the transfer portal along with Isaiah Bowser. And this is all on Cam Porter because Porter towards the end of this year took the reins of the running back position for the Wildcats. And he was the best running back of the group. Evan Hall got some run, but who really stood out was a freshman Cam Porter really made some moves, really did a good job, highly under-recruited, as we all know, because that's what Northwestern does. They go out, they find some diamonds in the rough, they coach them up. And so depth now for the Wildcats at the running back position is a little bit more thinner than it was at this season. And with such a small recruiting class, that they signed in the early period, there's a potential that they could be adding on another running back for their 21 class before the final signing period in February, the first Wednesday of February. So that's something to monitor for Northwestern, but unfortunately, you know, Drake Anderson joins Isaiah Bowser in the transfer portal, and this is what happens when you have a good team. Northwestern, good. They're severely underrated. They had a bad year last year, but they came back this year. Two out of the last three years, they've won the Big Ten West. Two out of the last three years. I think a lot of us thought that, yeah, this is Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the West. Wisconsin's the West. Well, Wisconsin's going through a little transition here. Jack Cohen, gone into the transfer portal. Graham Mertz, he's the guy now. But what solidified... Northwestern this year was Peyton Ramsey. It was his work. And I think that, uh, you know, going forward, 
you know, Northwestern's a, a damn good school. Pat Fitzgerald does more with less. One of the best in the country, not just in the conference, in the country. NFL teams come calling. So that, that's something that's interesting to, to note. And something else is interesting to note, uh, some, some rumors surrounding Urban Meyer as well. Uh, there are some rumors that NFL teams are, are going after him. Uh, remember earlier when Texas was potentially thinking about getting rid of Tom Herman? Their main culprit, their main guy that they were going after was Urban Meyer. Urban ultimately turned it down. I'm not even sure there was ever a formal offer. There was conversations, though, with Texas about doing it, you know, coming back out of retirement, you know, hanging up his Fox analyst job. But this is something that is very interesting. The Jacksonville Jaguars have reached out to Urban Meyer, and he's got an affinity for Florida. The key here is that Jacksonville is in line for the number one overall pick. And we all know who that's going to be this year. That's going to be Trevor Lawrence. And as much as we like Justin Fields and from the conference standpoint and the fact that, you know, BYU Zach Wilson is making a run as a, a potential top five pick as well. Trevor Lawrence is a generational player, and you're stupid if you have the number one overall pick and you don't draft him. So there's a little bit of temptation there with Urban Meyer potentially uh, having the generational quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and running his system in Jacksonville. We all know that college coaches, not all of them have gone to the NFL and had some success. Pete Carroll has done it in Seattle. But remember what Nick Saban did when he left LSU and went to Miami. It was not pretty. Ultimately, he came back to college and went to Alabama, and we all know what he's done at Alabama. But, you know, it's something interesting, something to monitor, because, uh, you know, Urban Meyer still is on the younger side and has, you know, he, he retired due to health reasons from Ohio State, you know, the brain cyst. But if he's got that under control and he thinks that he could do it, and I, I think that an NFL venture might be in the cards for him. And we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, over on the basketball side of things, I really don't want to get too much into it, but um, what I will go over is the current uh, rankings of the teams. Uh, because I think that uh, you know that's pretty important after, especially after this past weekend, uh, with a ton of upsets. Minnesota upset Iowa. Uh, this one was a huge one in, in overtime for Minnesota. Uh, Michigan State knocked off. Uh, I'm sorry, lost to Wisconsin, uh, 85 to 76. Um, and uh, you know, yesterday, uh, uh, I'm sorry, on Saturday. Northwestern defeated Ohio State in another upset. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something to monitor because Northwestern now, uh, they have two of the best wins in the conference. They are the leaders of the Big Ten at 3-0. and uh, Right behind them are two undefeated teams as well, Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, Illinois is 3-1. and one. Uh, At 2-1, and one, you've got Rutgers, Purdue, and that's it. Uh, one and one, you've got Minnesota and Iowa. At one and 
two. You've got Ohio State. They're the lone team. And then five teams are winless inside the conference. Indiana, Michigan State, Maryland, Nebraska, and Penn State. Kind of odd seeing Michigan State not being at the top of the conference. But it is what it is. I do expect uh, when the polls come out later today that Northwestern should be in the top 25. I think Ohio State will probably drop out. Uh, But I could see them put Northwestern in the uh, mid to low teens. They're 6-1, undefeated in the Big Ten at the top of the standings. They're a good basketball team. Chris Collins has got them moving in the right direction. And it looks like they could uh, be in line for another NCAA bid if they continue to play like this. Really could. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Uh, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChad. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm Raiders Reviews. Share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.